ASMR. That sounds creepy and bad. It does. It yeah. does. But it does it on mine. We're going to screw with them, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> the poor audience. <laughs> send this clip yeah, out. Yeah, just send it that. Only that. Be like, oh, that's the insert for the yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the teaser. That's it. <laughs> This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about films, TV, culture, life, mental health, and all of that stuff. Today, I've got my friend and special guest, Mark. Hi. <laughs> the agent of chaos, as he likes to call himself. Um, this, for most of people who are listening to this episode, Mark and I uh, have known each other for about three years now. Yeah. It'd be about three years. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while, but um, I think that the funniest thing is we work on um. So both Mark and I work on a, a in the industry, but on a technical side. Yeah, broadcast um, ops. Bro- side, yeah, you know? broadcast ops. Um, and the, we work uh for two different companies, but we used to work for uh, ominously the same company for a yeah. while. Um, but also kind of the same now. Uh, yeah, still it's weird. It's weird. There's it's a weird. lot of grey area. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, you know, your job, uh, without going into too much detail, what does entirely that entail? Without, you know, in non, yeah, non-specific, well, words. Non- non-specific. Well, I think not specifically. My job is media management. Yeah, actually, that's a perfect and all I do is. Manage media. media. I love saying that. It's <laughs> so much easier than saying other jobs I've been because then you have to explain it. And yeah, like, but I, you just manage stuff in folders. But I mean, like, so unglamorous. <laughs> but they don't teach you that in TAFE. Like, oh no, they don't. They, when they teach you about TV and TAFE, they're like, education, wild. Here you go. It's It'll, all it, yeah. It's all live as well. Yeah, it's always <laughs> it's always live. It's always live television, and then suddenly it's like you know what. Yeah. It's just, here's some, here's some, like... So much of my job is, like, knowing when stuff will arrive in your building, in a folder, or, <laughs> or like, from a, like, a, tr- yeah. uh, what do you call it, delivery guy? That kind of stuff. <laughs> a it's mailman just, just literally, like... Oh, my like, God. It is literally... Oh, that's right, because you get physically... We get physical text, like, there used to be way more. But like, yeah, it used to be, it'd be like us, the delivery guys coming on this day. And then you've got to figure out when it's coming in. It's either like that. It's like the file getting transferred, which is like, how long does it take to transfer yeah. or like a feed of like yeah. material getting fed via like satellite, you know, stuff like that directly to you when you record it. And it's like, it's like some of these methods are like so old school, but there's so many problems, which people don't realize it's just like formats, frame rates and all the boring stuff. You just leave, to, you know, After Effects. Yeah. Right yeah. You just go, oh, I don't care about any of that. Let me export Ooga Booga, get it on YouTube. You know, <laughs> just like, that's what half the people think video is, but there's so much backend stuff. Yeah. So hidden. Um, I think, oh. I think it's very, uh, my favorite ever is sort of, uh, breaking anything down in, uh, like a feed or any sort of like news feed that I have to bring in. <laughs> and the the funny thing is explaining to people that you know as you say with recording on tape things are still sd oh, and yeah. people don't understand like in the modern world they're all like oh 4k and i'm like i've watched something that was sd like standard def four by three today and that was like oh yeah it's come in as yeah. you know i've had like black and white pillar box yeah you know old movie 
it's all mono. Yeah. And you've got to get it good for air. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, because you've got to turn it all stereo. Yeah, you got to you got to get it like we have one of the terms used. It's called normalize. you got to get to the normal format yeah. Yeah. to go to air. So you got to have a system to normalize. And that is so much more complicated because people who send you stuff, yeah. some people don't know what they're doing. No, that is... Like, like at all. Like, it's really bad. I, I think... Like, <laughs> I mean, it's funny as well because it's not overly taught. And I think that's the problem no. I find. It's like the, the... Educating people in anything. It's like, I don't care if you're not interested in it, know it. Because it's better for you to know it, to pass on the correct information. Whether it only applies to you once in a blue moon, mm. you then know I am wrong. I got put into media management after being in another department for a long time. Yeah. And all I did for the last like heaps long while there was, mm. was train people. I was just yeah. training people. So I've had so long of training people and people straight out of TAFE and uni now. And it's like, it's really interesting seeing how they all come in. Yeah. Because interns are like possibly the best thing yeah because they're straight so good but it's also great for them because what they learn in uni what i learned in uni like was uh, was how to get a piece of paper like i didn't learn as much relevant things to my job at all yeah i learned a few things from teachers but they were more like philosophy things or like yeah you know good guidelines for life which helped me out in that (laughs) regard but they were not like so this is how tv is going to be when you go in the industry i got told once like from my editing teacher that always be scared of like walking into like an apartment and seeing like a laptop for an editing gig. Cause that means that they expect you to bring your own laptop and all that stuff. Cause this thing called laptop farm editing. Oh. And he was like, don't do that. And he was like, don't do that. Get something else. Anything else is better than doing those jobs. So never yeah. do them. And then I went for one and I totally backed out of it. Cause I was like, I'm never doing that. Wow. Right. So there's a few things like that, which really helped me out, but it was yeah. nothing like, oh, so this is how you export in After Effects. It's like <laughs> none of that was actually relevant. Yeah. It's all going to be adapted. I think I think it's it it goes to show how much you can't teach. and like, it, mm. it goes to something one of my TAFE teachers said, which was you need to learn on the job. Yeah. It's so true. That's the most important part. Um, And I remember the first time I took my parents to my work, my old work, and they walked into my um, office and they just looked at all the TV monitors and just go, how does it all work? And I'm like, to someone <laughs> who doesn't understand how fibers work and how things get around the world, it's very hard to explain, to oh. be like, how does A to get to B? And I think it's also what we don't understand is how many, um, it, there's almost like legal contracts with people, like un almost unwritten ones sometimes. So there's a yeah. lot of things that you don't know whether they've got to go to this company and they've got to go... Because everyone's a media company. So yeah. um, they, they they tend to... We have weird deals where we share with different people. Oh, yeah, there's and so it's, many. And all I'll do is get a phone call and I'll have to double check with this person and go, hey, is this going to blah, blah, blah? And they go, yeah. And I go, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than that person saying yes, this is all of the information I go off. Yeah, there's so much like parallel delivery, like yeah. knowing where a file will be going, like all yeah. the different people. Like, and then even not, that's not, this is just the TV part. This is not even thinking about like online services connected yeah. to like, connected to anything that we do, which I have to deal with that. And that stuff is crazy hard too. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost double. You I know, think it's insane. <laughs> 
it's it's very surreal like how much we have to deal with on a like just a daily basis with our jobs oh yeah as as well because we're in department well you're less in a department now i'm still in yeah. kind of like i'm in a small department whose job is to make things work yes that's that's literally but, but mine's a small department that makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't isn't have to make things isn't work. everyone yeah, yeah that's no, every really, department, really. right um but it's funny because you know like I remember explaining to someone so so the way my shift structure now works is I do a twenty four hour rotation four days a week um so two twelve hour shifts two eight hour shifts and that works out like this is the this is the contention you shouldn't shift work is not good for you. And it's, no. it's, it's terrible for you. Um, but there's no good way to run a television station um, at all because it is so 24-7. Oh, it's 24-7. Yeah. TV never stops. No. That's, um, that's so it's I virtually, think. yeah, know, we're, we're fucked. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I remember the first time uh, people started, like my mom and stuff started getting adjusted and they were like, oh, you're going to bed early? And like, yeah, I have to get up at three. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I've got work in the morning. So there was no comprehension, I think, as much as there is now of like going to work and having done it for like, God, uh, seven years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't say, don't say. <laughs> seven years. Um, and just realizing that that's most, almost most of my adult life. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. when you think about like percentage wise, yeah. like how much of life equal work, you're like, <gasps> Yeah, no, and you're like, oh. um, I've been working solidly for ten years. Um, but yeah, I mean, like th- that in itself, uh, working those hours, it doesn't stop. There's, there is all sorts of like. I think the great thing about the team I work with at the moment, the t- uh, um, is they're fantastic. They're a really mm. good bunch of people. The shifts don't obviously work for everyone because, as you know, you're always going to have contention with shift work. Oh yeah. Um, that's why it's kind of like always based on a consensus of if everyone agrees this new shift shift would system would work we'll go with it but if only like 90% agree we won't change anything because it has to be unanimous oh, or wow. not at all and i think i think sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't depends on the situation yeah. but i would like for for my department in particular it works because i think it's either you know all for one or one you know like one, for all, one yeah. for all because I feel like the way we do things it just works for us. I mean, I would I've I've said this to everyone in my department. Similar, I would love to just do mornings, and I am happy to even just like it doesn't matter what time I start. Mm. I'm just like happy to do one particular show because I love it so much because it's I think so busy for me, um, but I like constantly being busy um, versus. I think it just depends on the personality. I don't think there's any shift. Like some people really like afternoon shifts because they get to sleep in. It just depends on your body cycle. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. I've had a little bit of different experience with shifts yeah. and stuff because we had a much, uh, I think my my old department, at least when I was working shift, because I'm not now, which is yeah. great. Yeah, you're like eight till four. <laughs> yeah, I'm eight till four. I made it to full Monday to Friday, but Bless. it's changing next year. <gasps> what I will be, be becoming a weekend person, right? So, so it's weekdays off. Yeah, wow. Every week, so that's what people don't realize too is that sometimes you, you always need a weekend person, right? In smaller departments, usually one person has to take the bullet, and that's what I am. I got hired to do it, so I'm going to be weekend working kind wow. of, guy, right? And we have weekdays off. 
But then we've also negotiated like working from home, which is awesome for at least like one day. Oh, that's great. Of a week, yeah. So I yeah. get to work from home. Um, you know, be that, great. Zoom that, meetings for life, you know, I mean, all that stuff. It's it's <laughs> interesting as well because you you started off almost, you know, in, in like where you are now is also a little bit unexpected. It makes sense. Oh yeah. It, but it also was a little bit unexpected. Like oh, I yeah. remember when you told me that you got this role and you were just like Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was so it came out of nowhere. They were just like they need someone there. Yeah. New new position. And I was like, cool. And I was like, I was kind of getting like bored of doing the same thing. Yeah. I was getting like that, you know, jaded. I can do everything. Maybe yeah. a little bit pissy because I'm like, I've told you this 20 times in the last <laughs> year. How have you not know this? But, you know, sometimes like that happens. You get a little bit jaded and yeah, and yeah. Yeah, you just float, you know. I think I th that's just training people. In yeah, you just you get... just glide through work sometimes yeah. too, where you just like it's not hard anymore. It's just, uh, it's just yeah, gets, it gets boring. That's and I needed spice, right? Yeah. So I was just taking on extra weird stuff to do for people, and, and then, then eventually just led into this, and then I was like, now it's lots of new stuff, so that's kind of cool. I th I think that's exactly the same for me because I left um, my previous company to go to this company, same role, different. Uh, expectations i think and it was a different like there was certain things that were done differently and i remember the first um year was quite challenging because it was de like de-learning de-learning all the old ways i did things and relearning new ways oh yeah because every, even though gear was the same it was how you approached everything mm. and, and almost like i would say i had like a, a different experience but kind of similar mm. where it was like i'd learned things from one perspective yeah. And then you move to a different perspective in the same architecture. Yeah. And you look back and you go, all the things we know are lies. <laughs> right? I got taught so many lies. And <laughs> and the reason they teach you it is because it's too hard to explain what it actually is doing. Just, just do it that way. It won't break. Right? And then you find out like the reason why you got to do it that way. And then you start like having an existential crisis about your all your previous work. Being yeah. like, have, was I just, I was just following, you know, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing and I was just doing it. <laughs> I like, oh. I refuse to. I it's one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone just goes, "Oh, it's always been like that." Yeah. I'm like, no, oh, no, oh, no, appeal to tradition. It's like, oh, I can't it's, do it. It's it's can't always be like that. It's um, there are so many times where I hear that quote, and it doesn't always come from older people. This is not like a, just an older person oh, it's thing. A thing. It's just a thing people. That's a thing people do. It's like yeah. a logical, like, I don't want to bring up like the bullshit thing and say this is yeah. why I'm right, but it is a logical fallacy and it gets into that realm of things. Yeah. And it's one's like saying it's correct because experience, you know, yeah. one thing saying it's correct because, you know, I am higher than you on the food yeah. chain, therefore it's correct. That kind of stuff. Because it's not like talking about the topic. It's talking about something else. Yeah. Saying why are things right. Right. Uh, I think so. I this is the best ever explanation of how I think things go to air. I explained like um, I just had this thought because I remembered an old quote that I had once. So TV works in you got commercial breaks and then program and then commercial breaks. So on a yep. on a network channel, it works like that. What I remember first time I ever saw how that worked, I was like, "Oh, it's like an iTunes playlist. playlist. It's, it's a playlist. It's what it is. It's what it is. It's literally an iTunes playlist, yeah. right? With like a bunch of material scheduled, yeah, and then little segments of the programs. And uh, but I think, up. I think what's most frustrating about it is is like, you know, you've got to be specific about what data 
oh, is in it. It's all metadata. Yeah, it's everything all meta- is metadata. Like every, not even just TV now. Everything is metadata. Yeah, everywhere there's data about everything. I, there's data about data about data. About yeah, data. It keeps going deeper. I think I think people don't realize how much metadata is important. Oh, it's so because important. because without metadata, and the way TV works is it has a backup chain. So there's always essentially there's a redundancy path because oh, yeah. we're so. You, you know when you afraid. Cr- it was <laughs> which it's just important it's like when i started working for tv and it was like i remember our friend diana saying this i yeah. i started buying like backups of things oh yeah <laughs> yeah i started back i backed up all my mom's photos yeah i was like i need to back up some stuff because i am so paranoid and then i experienced it firsthand of like a computer break yeah. lost the hard drive lost all these projects and like i was like no yeah and i was like from then on it was like back up back up back yeah up, back up you know it, <laughs> i think i think it's like you just get excited by backups now i have so many <laughs> i need to clear up my hard drives there's so many photos that i've got like triplicates yeah I, of- I there's a really good guide of backing up i believe it's like three two one backup system yeah it's like you need it in three places and then it's like uh, two of them have to be like uh like digital and yeah. one has to be offline Something uh, like that where it's like you... I'm probably butchering it like hardcore, <laughs> right? But it sounds good, right? Three, two, yeah. one, backup. Probably can Google it. Like, it's basically just a method. You need like one online, one offline. Yeah. You need at least two different versions on two different devices. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like a good method of doing it. And yeah. like, that's how most people do it. you like, you have your hard drive, you have your cloud, yeah. and then you have like your USB off. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I think... Um, it's just safe there's it's always safe to have these backups um especially as when you're dealing with content that you oh know. yeah and i i think the thing that you know like revenue is made by commercials revenue is pumped by oh, commercials yeah. so a lot of how you know uh, i think it's like i heard recently this was this had to do with netflix but i heard recently the way I was listening to another podcast, and they the way they work on money is they they just work out. Um, I think they're in debt, like they're very much in debt, that, like very much in debt. But they fund shows depending on how many people watch them. Oh yeah, it's all about viewing figures, and then they renew another show. So if enough eyes have watched the whole series, they'll do another series, and it's the same principle for television but mm. um commercials and stuff pay for a lot of the programming as well yeah so there's always a little bit of like you understand why some shows don't get picked up again and wh- like and why some shows don't rate yep. and they just disappear to the ether that's of, why it's so common of like the the one or two season netflix yeah. original and then it just fades into the abyss yeah and then you got shows like cobra kai just watched it it's awesome um, <laughs> Uh, Cobra Kai and it's already confirmed I believe up to fourth season wow third season's coming and it's like well obviously what everyone watched it on Netflix because it was like stuck in YouTube red for eons right yeah. and it finally hits Netflix everyone watches it and knows it's fantastic probably had mad viewing ratings because of COVID and everyone staying at home as well so it's gonna get mad serious but then stuff like glow which is great as well that doesn't get an extra season but it might get a movie or yeah something, right because it's I like mean, in that weird period probably i think it was gonna get a fourth season but then covid and oh yeah and and i mean like the same for another great show which is i'm not okay with this 
um, which just finished, it got commissioned for season two and then COVID happened. And then it was like, you know what? We can't make this. And it was just like, I want it to kind of have a resurgence. I know there's enough fans out there. Um, but, you know, then there's shows like Stranger Things, which, you know, I believe just finished shooting season four um, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. The abyss of that show. Um, but there's so many, like, shows that, you know, when Netflix started and it had the, like, small, minute shows and stuff. Um, and before that, before it was a streaming platform, it was a DVD and movie oh, rental yeah. place. Like, yeah, it's, it's so weird. It's so bizarre, like, how it's kind of taken off. And I think that uh, Stan is Australian's basically version of Netflix. Like, yeah. Stan is yeah. Australian Netflix. And then Amazon Prime is, like... Amazon desperately trying to make that. Yeah, it's a good platform. But supposedly they have some good shows. They do. Maybe not the platform is great. It's the platform like it's it's a bit wonky. Um, a lot of so I don't like the one platform I really don't like and I think is dodgy is um uh Ten Play, and I will <laughs> and I will I will criticize Ten Play because it's partially owned by CBS, so it's a CBS joint thing. I remember I tried to watch the Twilight Zone on it. I was like, oh, yeah, the new Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Mm. I'm looking forward to this. It was not fun because it kept pausing. And I was like, okay, well, one, this shouldn't <laughs> I should be able to stream this and not restart every, like, 10 minutes just to watch an episode. Yeah. And then it just, you know, you'd have to just sit there for the hour. And I was like, I don't know if it's forcing me to watch this, <laughs> like, start to finish without a pee break. Or... I, I, I know other things. Like, I watch so much stuff online. Like, ironically, I work in TV. Don't watch TV, like, at all. Like, hardly. Yeah, can we, like, I think all. that's the interesting that's thing. That's the most interesting thing. Like, we... Yeah, watch, watch I, I think the thing is, I watch more TV when I'm at work because one, oh, I have to. Yeah, like I learn, I learn all my information from work and news articles and however, get, like you know, whatever news source that I get. Coming home, the last thing I do is yeah, turn on that. The TV. last thing I want to do is turn on a TV <laughs> when I get home. Exactly the same. It's the last thing I want to do because I've gotten all my news at work. Mm. I've been watching TV all all day at work, basically, or at least the programming or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Right. You know, have to watch the commercials too. Yeah, you, you, uh, but no, not not as much anymore. <laughs> not as much anymore. Thank you. Um, I um, mean, you know, the, the, it's, yeah, it's. I think that's also the hardest thing is you've got to make sure everything. Like, it's not just watching something. You've got a quality check in. Like, mm. for us, it's not a fun experience. You're quality checking. TV is not a glamorous life. Oh, it's not. Like people, people, I guess, don't realize like how long it takes things to be created yeah. and how many eyes get on it before it goes to air. And I know this happens with like animation when people say it's like with animation, it's like you could, Oh, how long does it take to make a 20 minute animation? Yeah. Like in one episode, you got to realize that it's got to be a person who's like making sure each frame is correct. Right. Yeah. For an animation. Now for TV, it's less bad because it's like video and they just record it and then yeah, yeah, to watch yeah. it. We still got an editor who's probably watching it all the way through. Yeah. Right. And then you, or more than once, or twice, or three times. You've got a person who's checked all the footage before it even gets edited. Yeah. And then once it's finally done, you've got to get a person to check that. And then once it's been conformed to a normal standard for whatever broadcast, person watches it there. Yeah. And then you've got a person who's probably clipping it up in some manner. So it's just all these people watching it. It goes through like, you know, 
too many cooks, you know, kind of vibe. I, There's so I, many hands touching one piece of item, and then it finally goes to air. Thirty seconds. I yeah, like, I know. <laughs> it's 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 that whole art thing. Of we put all this time and effort into someone consuming it for like nothing. Three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually feel sorry for people who like it, it was like that great show Guru and Transfer, which oh, is, yeah. is a great, great show. show. Such a good show. And how it breaks down commercials. Oh, yeah. And how much goes into the thought process of how to sell you a product. Oh, yeah. And that, uh, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, I, I did I did uh, design and tech in year 11 and 12. Yeah. And it was a mad bludgy class. Amazing. <laughs> but I had the best teacher to teach me, like, cool kind of things, which, like, helped me out through, like, life in general. Because he would teach you, he'd make you watch like a video for a few hours. And you'd be like, oh, what a bludge. But then you'd realize like it was kind of like a fun doco in comparison to like a boring doco. And he would talk about semiotics and stuff like that, like in class, like why you did certain things and why people design certain things, why ads happen in certain ways. And totally like reeling back on that, like in my mind when I'm creating things, totally reshapes how I do things. Yeah. Because you got to totally understand that whenever you create anything, it's like, yeah, you can create what you want, but also you could create, you know, something which you think will get views or probably will. Like you can yeah. target demographics and have a reasonably high success rate or have a very purposeful design in your product, aiming at a very specific thing and it might work. Happens in everything from just commercials to animations to movies to yeah. art to politics, everything. They're all designing and people don't realize that there's a team behind like almost everything to like yeah. try and target it at someone, yeah, so that they buy it or consume it, whatever. Well, I think I I think that's interesting as well because you know you, you as an artist yourself. Oh yeah. Um, it's you know you've kind of like you've designed. I remember playing your card game, which yeah. we um, I love. Still working on. And it's still working on. But you what? How many versions you got now? Oh, uh, it's up to eight. Yeah, it's up to eight. It's been like playtested a bunch. It's really close to being done, but like at the same time as doing that, I'm doing like six other projects, yeah. all different types. I'm just like one of those weird people who just does it. But all. I mean, like I remember the pl- time we played it, and it was like the funnest thing. But you know, the best thing about playing that game was we were all like, you were just like, okay, what's your feedback? Give me your feedback. <laughs> yeah, and we were just like, oh, this mechanic didn't yeah. work, or I didn't understand how the plant system entirely yeah. like matched up to your prices, and mm. there was a whole bunch of mechanics that didn't quite make sense at the time. Oh no. Um, but that just that's nuts in it's, itself. It's changed so much. It's crazy how much goes into the smallest thing. Yeah. Like how much thought goes into changing like one number. Yeah. And like in that card game, things are different scores or whatever. Changing a number by one can have massive ramifications for everything. Yeah. Like, so like the how, smallest change. How did that game even come about? How did you conjure it? Like it was so weird. It started off Excel spreadsheet and like a joke. And then it, it just spawned. And then I, I my brain couldn't stop thinking about it. it had overnight shifts with like <laughs> many downtime at the time. So I just made it. And I was mostly, it actually started because I was trying to learn Illustrator. Oh. Because I, I, I got a graphics tablet. Yeah. And and then since then I've upgraded. But like I had a very bad Wacom, no screen, very like shitty pen, low sensitivity, all that. And I was just doing art on Illustrator and Photoshop. And I was yeah. just trying to learn the programs, bare minimum. So I just gave myself a project. Wow. And, and it was that card game which came from the joke of plants and dinosaurs. 
and then just like bad memes about people you know like hipsters <laughs> and stuff and then just i don't know it spawned from that and then it kept going and yeah i just learned so much doing that like i'm so much better at illustrator like yeah. so ridiculously better at illustrator and photoshop now yeah. because of that i and, yeah it's taken up way too much time and it's taught me another thing about projects of just just finish it even yeah. if you think it's bad i just finish it and publish it and then if if it gets any traction you can probably just make an update version two yeah you know it's, it's so true something happened similar that i think with the game munchkin yeah like it started out munchkin all the cards were like kind of drawn like a bit like maybe not the highest drawn quality you know weren't bad but you know there's improvement to be made on illustrations and then they got volume two where they got a proper artist i think in and then now it's just spawned into all the side reels yeah. of critical role cthulhu yada yada yeah it's it's very um but that's kind of like you know creation in general like it's oh, yeah. just it's, it has to be that way it's iteration um, it's so much iteration on everything yeah every decision is as small as it is there's so much thought goes into every decision it's kind of insane and you haven't you recently started doing twitch as well i've started doing twitch i, I keep on getting into that like i'll do some and i spend like a week where i like stream pretty consistently for yeah. many hours i usually stream in massive chunks like ridiculous like eight ten hour chunk Holy of a day but then i don't stream for like two months oh okay. yeah right so this is the problem like right now i'm on like uh i'm like oh i don't i have so much other stuff to do right now i'm not streaming like my brain can't comprehend it and as you get that weird like self-consciousness too on the yeah. platform and then you know you're small so you don't get any views and you're like fuck I, it's, it's so weird it's, it's such a weird process I but mean, yeah i am trying it's it's fun because twitch is a great platform for people yeah it's an interesting platform it's a very, i don't know if i'd say great because like part of it right now is dmcas and like copyright and all that yeah. stuff which is like that's a whole other category and like that's a massive thing i watched like a five-hour video yesterday on it it's about it's, copyright and my mind is blown about music copyright yeah like, it's the, insane like music, how overly complicated it is and ridiculously licensing and all that it is I, I, yeah. it's like recording versus like publishing of a song like this whole separate recording versus like publishing of who owns uh, the song copyright is different well i mean it's insane that's kind of like, I think, what um great example and uh, publicly spoken out by uh, Taylor Swift was she had that issue, like her, she owned the lyrics or yep. something. She owned the publishing, basically. But but she didn't own the rights to the original songs because they were owned by um, oh, yeah, she, the original recordings. Okay, yeah, so, 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 yeah, so there's like two halves of like a song, like copyright. Yeah. So if you want to own a full copyright of a song, especially you need 200% copyright. Yeah. Right. 100% of it is the recording. So the literal physical place and the, the song recorded like by your studio. And the other half is like the song rights. Like for example, you could have a Beatles song, but then you could make a cover of it. So you, your cover, which you recorded in your bedroom or whatever, you know, like some yeah. mad bedroom pop artist, right? It's like, you know, with a ukulele or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's your recording. You own it, 100%. Wow. However, okay. you don't own the song. So you can't do like half the shit you want to do with it because you don't own or like have permission to use the song rights. So there's two halves of, of song rights for music. So you I need, already hate this. Yeah, it's, it's overly complicated. And... Do you think that that 
they would be run by the same type of person, like both copyrights. No. They're, they're not. No. And also, like, multiple people can be the rights for one thing. Oh, my God. So what it turns into is it's like, like I'm probably butchering it a little bit too, but my brain is just kind of comprehend how overly complicated it is. It's like you have... You can own like the recording of a song, but not own the rights. So the example I always give is it's like Beethoven. Yeah. If Beethoven was live, like right now, he would own his sheet music, right? Yeah. But you could play his song on the piano. Yeah. Right? But you, you, and you could record it, but that would be your recording you own, but not the song. So you couldn't really do much with that recording. And if you publicly posted it, you would probably get in trouble. Right. Wow. Right. Probably in some regards. And this is where it gets complicated with like all the different like public performance rights and stuff like that, where it's like half the cafes probably in all of Australia are breaking rules because it's yeah, like but- you're not allowed to just pump any song in your bar. You're not allowed to do that. You're technically not allowed to do that. And but people don't know it. it, but fuck it. <laughs> so like if a person walks in your place, they can probably screw you. There's so many intricacies of copyright, which How? blow my mind that it's that complicated when it should just be like me me play music i am playing game let me do that but i want some like you know beepity boops in the background yeah. let me have this but it's so complicated and it costs a fortune to oh it costs a fortune thankfully there's some cool stuff coming out like to try and like supply people yeah. with like copyright free stuff so i just found like a sick thing called pretzel rock so i'm going to be using that when i stream now so i don't yeah. have to worry about it right but then it depends on like when i play cyberpunk you know the new game yeah. coming out everyone's pumped for it some songs in there are probably copyrighted. Yeah. So you can't stream the game with those songs because the song will play in the oh. game and the, the song yeah. is copyrighted for the game. It's not copyrighted for the use in video. That's insane. By a user. It's insane, right? It's so complicated. And then they're <laughs> awesome. This is, this is how get crazy it's getting. Yeah. They're awesome because they're going to have a setting which disables those songs. Okay. So it's going insane how deep the copyright and... I goes, I think oh. you've just sold me on how stupid Colorado. Oh, it's so dumb. I this just makes me mad. Oh, it makes me so mad. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it makes so probably back in the day it made sense. Probably oh, yeah. like at one point, but th- th- that was when you were playing ukulele on a side street and you didn't want anyone to like oh. judge you. But now everyone's like, everyone wants free. M- like music or the rights to use music or their favorite songs. Mm. So the fact that you're not allowed, or there's so many weird copyright, even the, the fact that you can't own your own songs, like you can't own the recorded version versus like your lyrical version. It, the, it'll be weird. It's just cause like where they recorded it and stuff. That's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Like a lot of artists recorded in England and Britain and stuff because they avoid a lot of these rules. Cause it's, they're not recording in America, for example. Yeah. For, cause all the rules change where you create the recording. Of course. Which is even more complicated, eh? Like, it just yeah. gets worse and worse. I, I would not want to live in the States. I, I, just, yeah, like, I just don't want to live, like, at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that went on a very dark, dark... Uh, I mean... It was too good. <laughs> just to, <laughs> You did say at the beginning you would be the agent of chaos, so, you know... Yeah, I was preparing, just, were. like, saving uh, something spicy. Yes. That was the goal. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I sent you my theme song. It's just, mm. like, it's a really synth oh, That reminds me, weirdly connected to the copyright issue. It's like, when you got that made, it's like, what copyright did you get under it? That was a thought I had after watching it. I was like, wonder what copyright you have under it. And oh, you probably no. have no fucking clue, don't you? No. Right? 
you probably have you probably have like full rights to recording, obviously. Yeah, because so my friends composed it. I should right? hope so. But it's like when they composed it, do they have the publishing rights? But that probably doesn't affect it because you like you bought it. But like people do that. Like it Fuck depends that. on rights. You just got to know. It's crazy complicated. Like a lot of material. This is why it's like it's like public domain or like yeah open content. Like I've just done some small illustrations while using like a a dungeon mapping tool. Right, so I was making a dungeon for um like Dungeons and Dragons, and I was drawing some art, yeah. and I wanted to to do it isometric, yeah. You know, like so instead of the normal flat map, I wanted it isometric, so it looks like a little bit three D, but there was Ooh. no there was no real assets for it, and it was pissing me off for this program, and I was like, fuck it, I'll make some. So I made some and illustrated real quick, and then posted it to the thing, and then someone was like, can I have the pack, right? And then I'm like. They were like, oh, you could probably put it on itch.io for a dollar. And I'm like, fuck that. I'll just put it on public domain, you know? Yeah. CC04, whatever it's called. So everyone can just use it. And then they can publish their own things with that asset in it. Yeah. Right? But but people don't realize that it's so complicated. Because T-Pain, I think, has released some stream music. And 21 Savage says you can use his song on Twitter. But, like, what the hell are the rights in that? That's, they're not even, like, explicitly saying what that means. What the fuck? It's, like, it's so complicated because I feel like half the artists don't know yeah. anything about this. Like, I, I've only spent, like, maybe six to eight hours studying this stuff and my brain hurts, <laughs> right? I'm not the brightest guy, but that hurts my brain You're thinking about smart. half this stuff. I feel like I'm just, like, really good at pretending I'm smart, <laughs> right? I'm really is, convincing. What, you, I'm like you, a bard, right? Yeah, yeah. I can convince anyone I'm pretty, Oh, like, you are smart, like a bard. Right. Yeah. I love bards. They're the best type of character. <laughs> Just bards? Bards are so good. They're so much fun. I've only like really played as a player a few times in D&D, but I just know I'm playing a That's bard. That's right, because you're normally a dungeon master. Yeah, I'm a dungeon master, right? So it just makes voices. sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all the planning. I like being in control. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's just like... <laughs> so dirty chaos uh, chaos and destruction um i mean <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> it's um that's actually very true i didn't i didn't even think about that with like D and stuff um but like you play you play um <laughs> watching you do that is great. i just want to crunch it so bad do it Hey, I got some in my ear. Um, ASMR. ASMR. I actually do think that um, I, I have no objections to ASMR. I think ASMR. Oh no, it's sick. But I, I don't get that satisfaction that most people do, which is the whole like talking into a mic and everything. I get more of the satisfaction of probably like soothing sounds from music. Oh yeah, I'm an ambience. Yes. I'm like I'm like the rain sounds and fireplace. That's like. That helps me so much at work. So having that on while I'm doing Excel spreadsheets makes me not go insane. Mm. You know, that is so helpful. And it's so interesting, like, just you can spy other people's computers and you see that they've got, like, lo-fi chill hip-hop beats or something on. Yeah. You know, with, like, lo-fi girl chilling and studying. You know, and you just, like, spy around. You see that everyone's kind of got their own, like, I need this background noise yeah. kind of thing. Because I love those ambience things. Like, I collected a bunch for my D&D games. And then oh, they got yeah. me into it. But ASMR is kind of weird too, where it's like, I feel like it, you got to find your thing. You know, you got to find your thing, yeah. which you enjoy hearing ASMR. And then you might be like down to hear that. Yeah. But you're probably not going to branch out. No. And I feel like a lot of the YouTubers who do it, 
mm. are doing it for a particular market. Oh, very particular. Yeah, market. it's yeah. very particular. Very some particular. Of the, uh, yeah. Some of, some of it's quite hard to watch, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Some of it's pretty cringe. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, um, but it does, uh, it does teach you a lot, I think, about um, just general, like, essential ear pleasures and sound preferences and mm. everything. I think that's like, um, I remember ages ago, there was an app that I got which detected frequencies. So how high and low your hearing frequency was. Mm. So like it was a pitch and then the higher the kilohertz were, the higher, you know, until you got to a point where you couldn't hear it anymore. So it was how attuned your ear was to that frequency. And then mm. the moment it dropped off the scale was where your frequency kind of ended. Um, most people who have really good e hearing can still hear the high pitched end. Mm. Like really good. Mine got to probably about roughly a little over the middle. And then my hearing just started not hearing mm. it. Um, but yeah, some people couldn't even get that far. Like some people are just like, I don't hear anything. <laughs> Does that mean you were that kid who was like the victim of the mosquito sound at school? No, I can fucking... play the mosquito sound. And I you, fucking And your teacher's like, what the hell's happening? And then all the kids are giggling because the mosquito counts. It's like, Kee! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I fucking hated that sound. <laughs> I, I remember like you sit in a park and you're like, oh man, it's so quiet and silent. And you hear this. And you're like, fuck you. Like, oh, I was, I'm so bad at that. I have really good hearing usually before I go to sleep. But once I'm asleep, I'm like, I'm out. I'm yeah. out. Eons. <laughs> you're like a dead man. Oh, yeah. I'm just dead at that point, you know? And then I'll just like wake up in the morning with like a doona wrapped around like my entire body, like a cocoon. And I'm like, well, how did this happen? But mm. I think I just rolled around. But no, like before, I used to be able to hear mosquitoes in my room. Yeah. And it was just the worst. Just trying to go to go to sleep when you see is the worst. It's so hard to like not hear it. Yeah, I oh. think I th I just I can't stand but it. There's probably someone out there who's like, I love that sound. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's probably someone out there. I th I think that's the thing I've learned very recently is everyone has different attuned. Um, hearing to everything D different like this is the thing like you can't shame someone for having something different that they enjoy if you enjoy mosquitoes go, go yeah go for you, it. you enjoy that i won't uh, yeah, yeah right that's what i feel about like i have a friend uh who has a spider as pet cool okay yeah cool for them yes. i fucking hate it because fuck spiders yeah, I, you I, don't. I i despise spiders you know, if you like them, go for it, but just leave it away from me. You it's, know, that's how I feel about so many things where it's sometimes just like, you do you, that doesn't mean you have to involve yeah. me, right? And that's <laughs> what a lot of people don't think about, right? Like with with accepting things, yeah, where they, where they accept them as if they were having to be involved in them. Yeah. Where sometimes you can just accept things, okay, like tolerate them or like just accept things because you won't be getting involved yeah. with that so it's like why not why not let them do that you know i i think that's very true it's sort of like we assume that people have to or i think people assume that um you know they have to do something in order to be accepted yeah and it's like i can accept someone for doing anything except murder like i, I draw a fine line if you want to murder someone please don't please hand yourself into the police <laughs> like do the right thing especially like if you have already murdered someone, please hand yourself in. It would be great. Um, but whatever your preferences, whatever you like, just accept it. I think what came really interesting, like um, 
particularly. There's a lot of controversy, and I chat about this quite regularly with people, is there's a lot of controversy in our society, how we view everything, like, um, you know, how people should dress, how people should behave and everything like that. Um, And most people give no, like the, our generation care less. Like they're just like happy to be who they want to be. But it's also like there's a stigma of bullshit in and around a lot of it to be like these macho men or these kind of like stylistic type of people. Oh yeah. I think there's just a lot of, I think in general, it's stupid nature to be like, Ooh, that's slightly different. Yeah. Mention it. Right. <laughs> and mention it in some regard, like either positively or negatively. Yeah. It depends on the person. Um, but oh, people do that all the time, like with everything, like clothes yeah. or whatever. But in reality, a lot of the time, no one gives enough of a fuck is how yeah. I like to think about it is that, Someone can like not like how I'm dressing or whatever, but they probably don't give enough of a fuck to do yeah. anything actually relevant to the situation about it. Yeah. Right. Which results in a lot of the interesting scenarios where you get people saying certain things about, you know, certain groups and realizing that they're saying it, but they probably would never do anything about it. Yeah. Right. So it's like a weird, it's like they're, they're grandstanding or just saying that they agree or disagree, but in reality, they don't care that much to actually act upon it. Yeah, it's just it's like a weird, like it's almost like a a fake activism kind of vibe where sometimes people do that. Yeah, they like they say they're part of a movement, but in reality they aren't. You know, they're they're pretending to be part of the movement because it's popular. I hate that. that. Yeah, everyone should hate that. It's probably it's like a really destructive thing. I think it's it's like those people at protests who are like the people who leave bricks out and stuff. Like you know, at, at you know the Black Mile protests in america um there were i think i can't remember what they call like they're a subgroup of people and they tend to leave like blocks and stuff just to cause more anarchy Mm. and i think it's so destructive to the message of what you know because then it creates chaos it creates chaos and they want chaos they don't Mm. want what they want is just you know to cause destruction they don't care about them like the protest at all and so it's really a shame because you know, there's all these people who are trying to say political or, intri- oh, you know, um, you know, about climate change and about Black Lives Matter and, you know, and um, civil rights and everything. So all these people are trying to have these says, but then there's all these fake people going in and also not really understanding what they're yeah. trying to say. Like, it's like, it's like they're, they're, they're there, but they're not standing for it actually, like in actuality. Yeah. It's like, I just like, I know a lot of people who are like, oh, you got to live your life this way. Yeah. But then they themselves didn't live that way, or they make excuses for the way that they live, yeah. which you know breaks that. You know that that kind of stuff can like bother me. But I don't know. It's so weird. There's so it's so odd how everyone deals with criticism yeah. and that stuff, like just criticism or just judgment in general. It's, yeah, it's it's a it's an enigma with like <sighs> like the whole system of how humans do yeah. judgment in all that and- regard, especially online. With it all being anonymous, yeah, I I recently no, and I think it's also like, um, society creates labeling, which I think labeling in a in a basis terms, and having identity and everything, um, uh, really helps people think that they they have like this identity, like this kind of like. And I'm like, well, that's great. Like, if you need that, go for it. But I mean, it doesn't necessarily, it is just 
I don't want to take a power because words mean power, but it also is just something we've created in society to have some sort of form of structure. Because I feel like people need structure. They need mm. so if they if if someone just goes, I want to randomly support this thing because I have no idea what it does, but I just want to feel like I'm included. Yeah, or part of a group. Or part of a group. And there's and it's so you don't need to be. You don't need to be part of the group. Like, just be you. Be you as an individual. And people struggle with that. Yeah, I think it's just because it's like it's like fear of missing out. Yeah. And, like, fear of missing a label or not having certain labels in their life. Because, like, yeah. people generalize certain elements about themselves. You know, like, like I, 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 I'm on, like, some of the dating apps. Oh, yeah. Right? And what they do is they have, like, the... It's almost like, like generalized terms like yeah. there's like bumble or tinder or whatever but like on bumble you get you get to like define yourselves in certain manners yeah like it's like drinking do you drink oh, yeah. do you not drink do you drink socially right oh you know do you smoke do you not smoke do you smoke sometimes like socially or something right and there's all the different categories and there's like political output and all those different yeah. things and it's like i feel like sometimes people just try and find one or need one which is either different or unique or whatever, just try and find something which is just tries yeah. to fit them. Like they'll go out and try and find one which explores them or like try and find one word which describes them perfectly. Yeah. And that just won't happen because no. a lot of the, all the words we use are generalized, right? And they also don't apply to everything and no. they're not universally decided upon on what exactly they mean. Like there's so many words which change their meaning just by usage. Yeah. I feel like with with especially with you know dating apps i don't like dating apps much at all oh no I hate and uh, they're very rubbish and i think it's because it generates like the one thing i noticed is i always like i i'm better in person than i am online because it's just words i'm texting you words i'm messaging you words that's why everyone's like let's hang out let's do a zoom call let's like let's do something because we're not just messaging each other oh i'm horrible at communication involving like i know digital media <laughs> all i am good at is like memeing or like just being like so when will i arrive at your house or like when will i get to talk to you on like skype or discord or whatever yeah. else or you know zoom or whatever the, whatever the fuck everyone uses nowadays yeah, those young whippersnappers. Yeah, what are those young whippersnappers? <laughs> Everyone should be using Discord. That's that's it's that's so my good. state. It's so much better than everything. Uh, it's like so good. It's free. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's why. It's like, for example, like you know when we played Among Us. Right? Yeah. With those I I was I, I'll be honest. I had some mad anxiety because I was I, like new people. I was like panicking. But you I'm did so, so bad well. about it. Oh, I'm so bad. But, I'm so bad with new people. But like, if it was just a chat of text, I would I would feel less anxious. But I would be less yeah. good. But I mean, yeah. You know? But that's I how I feel it is with like communication. And I think the funny thing was I was chatting to um one of the people who played Among Us, Nick, who mm. played Among Us with us that night. And and I spoke to Ash as well. And they all said, Oh, he's really nice. Like everyone really liked having you there. So it is like it's funny because you didn't have to all meet face to face. Oh yeah. And it's just that vibe of new people and you know oh, new yeah. situations. But yes, it does it it's so anxiety driven. I've been to a couple of hinge dates and they are the most anxiety inducing thing. Cause one I really hate like I hate that feeling of having forced a date. That's what I, I think I really hate. I like dating happening naturally. Like it's like, yeah, you two vibe you two get along, 
hey, do you want to go out for a drink? Let's just hang. See where that goes. But don't necessarily put this big amount of pressure on it to be like, it has to be romantic and everything has to be amazing. Mm. But those are like, you know how we were talking about labels. Like, that's a good example. Mm. It's like, those are the labels of like, what is a date versus a meetup. The moment you say meetup, you might have the interpretation of that's like just a meetup. Yeah. They might have the interpretation of that as 100% a romantic date. And that's where like words get twisted. And like, yeah. there's so many different meanings for every word nowadays that sometimes people get lost in like, what is actually the meaning they don't describe it in full because my favorite thing to say to everyone at work or just in general is don't assume shit. <laughs> Assumptions are the worst. Like when people say, oh, I just assumed you would do it or I just assumed that's what you meant. Did you assume? Did you assume fucking up? Because that's what you did when you assumed I would help you. And that's how it feels sometimes. You know, it's like, just ask the question if you're unsure exactly what I'm talking about. And then people would say, oh, that's tedious. You have to keep asking questions. And yeah, but like, that's what you have to... Would you rather Would you rather fuck up and then me be angry at you? Like, what is the people, thing happening here? I, I, I hate assumptions. And it's actually, it's beaten out of me at work as well. Because never assume anything. So always ask the question mm. because assumptions kill you fast. Oh yeah. And like there's so many there's so many things of like working in a communication um company. We have to talk to each other. How many times people don't actually talk to each other is yeah, so common. So many people assume everything I know. it's so frustrating it's like my number one frustration like we're not telepaths just tell everyone everything just all the details give me all, all the details so i, I can... don't think this is specific to our companies though i feel oh, no, like this is just no universe. it's fucking human it's yeah. everything when when i when i arrive home at right and i live with my mom and she'll be out late yeah right she like won't message some nights what the fuck's happening with food like what are we gonna do usually we eat together or like try to yeah right but then sometimes she gets like an extra job added on and she won't tell me right oh, you, yeah. and then i'm like it's like 7 30 maybe edrin on eight and i'm like should i get my own food or not so i'll have to message her and then sometimes she would just she she'll either not be able to reply or whatever until later and then she would say oh i like she'll get home at like 9 30 or like 10 and be like oh i assumed you would have got food i'm just like like you fucking joking <laughs> <laughs> you fucking joking i messaged you you didn't message back how do i know if you can arrive home yeah. with maccas at 10 30 which has happened before right banger right it's awesome but it's like you know it's like you can't just assume that because something or something didn't happen that it's yeah, gonna happen that, was, that was one of us so it was one of us yeah. was it probably not me it wasn't me. Oh, it was me then. I'm it was you. This, I'm going to turn this on silent. I do a fuck. But yes, assumptions. Yeah, no, assumptions. It, you can't assume. You can't assume. That's so bad to... It's the worst. Yeah. I, I Oh, this reminds me about a board game experience. Oh, God. Okay. And yeah. you love this board game, Betrayal in the House of the Hill. <gasps> I right. love it. Yes, so yes, yes. yes. We were playing... Oh, not we, but I was playing Betrayal in the House of the Hill eons ago on a tabletop simulator online version we were just playing it on there because yeah. i don't think someone owned the game or whatever couldn't do it that week at my house which is what usually happens yeah. so you're playing online right the guy who organized the event didn't know the full rules right <laughs> well at least there was something he wasn't sure about yeah, yeah, yeah and then he said the line right we'll figure it out as we go which yeah. is the, the which is the assumption version of i'm too lazy to figure this out let me just play it and then yeah. hopefully we get it right. So we played this game for multiple sessions, multiple game playthroughs. 
and we were playing wrong. We wasted 60 plus hours playing Betrayal in the House of Hell multiple times without knowing how speed worked correctly, wow. resulting in many games being unplayable or unwinnable. Right? So that's how bad assumptions can be. They can ruin my board games even. Wow. Right? It's like assumptions ruin so many things. I just, I, I, I mean, like, for me, for me, it's like, I feel like that's th- that happened to me recently as well. I was playing um, uh, with Fidel and Noah, and we were playing House on the Hill, and I had a segment where I didn't read the rules entirely correctly because I didn't want to be the villain. I liked being the person who was chased by the villain because that's always quite fun. But I, it's not that fun to be the one who's the villain. When you find the betrayal part, I think it depends on the depends. Person. On, yeah, depends. On, <laughs> but I mean, that what that their instructions were, I could have killed them. What I didn't, I followed their instructions though, rather than my own, which meant I could have killed them much faster than actually they just killed me and I died. Mm. And th- I just didn't understand because it was a section of the rules that I just didn't quite comprehend, and I was mm. like, I can't really ask them because. I'm the betrayer, mm. so that makes it hard for me to be like, hey, you know, I don't want to, you know, but, you know, screw you guys around, and I don't want to, I kind of want the surprise to be there. But I really, in the back of my head, being also should have been like, you know what, guys, I really don't understand this, so can you help me understand this? Because I don't mm. think in the back of their heads they would have been like, oh, that ruins the game. I think they would have been like, you know what, fair enough the question. The game's being played correctly. It's being played correctly, and people get pissed off more when they don't play a game correctly. Mm. It's like... 100%, I agree with you, because playing a game half-assed, you don't get that full sense of it. Yeah. Like, sometimes the rules are confusing, yes. And, but... like, think of it this way, like, the modifications which happen via assumptions to the game yeah. can completely warp the entirety of the game in a manner where it's unbalanced. Yeah. So what was happening in the games that we were playing when we weren't reading the rules right was the high-speed characters were infinitely OP because they were able to run through, like, the majority of the entire house in a turn. Yeah. And cause haunt turn one. Yeah. Right? Which is what happened one game. And that was the one where we were like, this is probably wrong. So it was like a person who was playing a speed character could experience more rooms, get more loot, and just infinitely be better. And then when they get transformed or whatever during the haunt mechanic to the bad guy, if they were turned into the bad guy, they just run around the house with all the gear and like insta-wipe the team, like in a turn. Yeah. And super like unplayable. So yeah, that can happen with assumptions. Like I, uh, as a DM, I learned a lot about this when mm. I was like having to make decisions or rulings when I didn't know the rules. Yeah. So sometimes I hit a part of the game where I'm like, this is a very weird edge case and I don't know the rule. And I would literally just say, I'm ruling it this way, the guys. I'll look it up tomorrow or someone can look this up during a break. Yeah. We can figure out how it is. And if I was wrong and I, it was bad for you guys, I'll give you this. And if it, if, if it was, you know, the opposite, we'll let it slide. And we'll just rule it whichever way from then yeah. onwards, right? You basically make a decision ruling and then come back to it later. Happened multiple times with like lighting because that shit's overly complicated in D&D, at least for me. Um, and how much it can impact other players and their yeah. characters and the way they function, right? And it was lots of stuff like that where it was like interactions between mechanics and yeah things which weren't described well in the rules and they turn into an errata and you find out like it's in page 7000 in like one pdf online and you're like fuck this shit or it's badly <laughs> written oh my god yeah there's there's a lot of um that's i think the problem with D as well like mm. a lot of the books aren't very well uh, as oh dm's discretion fucking kill me when when they say that it's like you want me to do more work 
like cool thanks yeah like like that's how i feel sometimes but i don't know the books are pretty good i only started doing D because i was trying to get better at writing so that was oh, the whole really? reason why D started was i wanted to be better at writing and i wanted to do some more like voice related stuff because i want to get into voice acting but it's kind of hard to get into voice acting that's you know you it know. is hard it is it's... really hard industry to break into um um so i was just learning writing and but like needed ha- inspiration for the story and just in yeah. general writing and getting better at like story structure, you know, hero's journey and all the good stuff. Yeah, the good, the good stuff. Hero's journey and a story circle by Dan Harmon. Yeah, I know. I've read those books. They're great. I mean, it, it goes to like I think D and D is like the best, especially role playing games. Like anyone who does, you know, when we were growing up, role ca- playing games were considered nerdy, and they are less considered nerdy now because it's very popular. Yeah, hipsters. <laughs> hipsters for the win. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, it's very interesting in that we say that because now that it's normalized and now that also, you know, so many people have come out um, not, and it's been like now a anyone yep. kind of game. So a lot of more girls play uh, like D&D and stuff. Um but it's so interesting because we go into the society um, thing of now with D&D and then a lot of people in the industry like are cosplayers and, you know, and D&D fans and, you know, and all sorts of video games fans. So a lot of people just vibe it. A lot of the writers in like Hollywood or voice actors or even actors, they half the time they were like weird theater kids and they probably like played some D&D and like one break at least some point in their life. Yeah. So they all... You find out like half the comedians, half the writers are like big D and D fans, and then you got some other people like the Big Show plays D and D. He oh, plays like- with Joe Mangio. I can't say his last name. Joe Mangiello, whatever. Yeah, He's yeah. like a Sophia, whatever's name from Modern Family's oh, husband yeah. in real life. He has a whole D and D room. Know. Yes, you know, Jox Machina is connected to like Vox Machina, which is all the voice actors in every video game you've probably ever played. You know, you've got a picture of uh, Ellie from Last of Us. Right, that voice actor plays D and D. I know it. Yeah, um, she's great. And, and uh, there, there are so many. Like, I think Felicia Day. Yeah, and and Will Wheaton and yeah. that whole geek and sundry. That was a whole big thing for me. That I mean, me get into it. did you? I remember watching, finding out. I got very into D and D probably a few years back, and I play campaigns every so, so often. It's like. Basically, it gets quite hard with my shift work Mm -hmm. because I'm all over the shop. But um, tell me about it. Yeah, I know. It's DM. (laughs) You just want to kill yourself. (laughs) It's like, when are you guys free? (laughs) Fuck you. Um, I free. (laughs) It's a a good point. You're about to have weekends. Yeah, Uh, exactly. But I mean, for for playing, you know, any game, it is quite fun because it does. You're right. It does like with writing and everything. That's how I really generated into a lot of my creative stills and a lot of like my creative thought process is from D and D or from watching movies and or playing video games. Like one of my mm. favorite video games is um, Tomb Raider, like the new Tomb Raider. Love it. Love it to bits. But I, I remember like everyone, you know, when it came out, everyone's like, it's like Nathan Drake. And I'm like, I don't care. I, I think it's amazing. And th- and then they made the movie and the movie and was like, you can't turn a movie into a um, a video game to a movie. And I was like, it's basically a ripoff. It <laughs> was just the movie, um, the video game in a movie form. I loved it though. I thought it was great. Um, but I just get to watch Alicia Vikentes as, um, uh, you know, 
Lara Croft, and I'm just I almost forgot Lara Croft. Yeah, you nearly said Tim Roden. I was like, I knew I, it. I was waiting. I was I like, was, I know it because I used to play like the Lara Croft game when it was like the old bad yeah, one, with yeah, really hard controls, really, yeah, really hard controls on the PC. Um, uh, when I had like a white computer, and it was have crack. you played the new ones? Like? I have not, but I have one of them. I've just been big steam i have a big steam list of going to play and favorites i'm going through the going to play i recently just finished a game called super liminal which is banger and then i'm currently playing through um a game which is from the ps3 era called the yeah. unfinished swung I, oh, yeah. I listen to i i watch and like play so many different games specifically i've been playing through a lot of this like kind of wanky art games how you know, good are wanky art they're games? They're so good. They're so pretentious, but I don't fucking care. It's because right? of the art style. It's just because they're not like, ooh, headshot, boom, you know? Yeah. Run faster with a knife kind of gameplay. I'll pwn you, you know, kind of vibe. And because they're not like super popular, at least in regards of like the majority of people. Like if you, the people who play those games are very specifically like artistic, gamey, like people, story people. And they're yeah. usually not as outspoken about them. Yeah, like I think specifically unless they're talking about the game in a in a certain yeah. regard, so it kind of like there's like weird subcultures. Well, I think that's I think that's kind of like the same for you know with comics and cartoons and you know and yeah, and they're getting more popular. It's kind it's kind of like that. It's like those games are getting more popular. Yeah, kind of like how comics and those subcultures are getting more popular now. Yeah, I'm like waiting for the moment. Like uh, I think Journey was like the perfect game to explain yes. it. Where Journey was the perfect like arty game. There had been arty games like it before. But that one kind of exploded and brought up all the arty games and then everyone started copying and making their own Yeah, I know. And, and that's what like happens. It's journey. So it's yeah. going to happen. But then I some mean, of them will be good. Yeah. And I mean, like, also, you know, then you also talk about some franchises which should be dead in video games at this point. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like Resident Evil keeps going. Capcom, Capcom have made so much money off that franchise. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about saying that about Street Fighter because I fucking love that game. But, like... There, there are positives and negatives of the Street Fighter series being continued. I, uh, I think there's lots of, um, you know, positive and negative experiences about. <laughs> I love Street Fighter so much. I know you do. It's so uh, good. <laughs> it's so good. The story's dumb. I love wrestling. It's amazing. It's <laughs> it's so it's so perfect. You, 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 that's interesting that you love wrestling as well because that's all acted. People like we can have this discussion, and I will destroy you. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I love wrestling. I would recommend anyone who has not watched wrestling I've watched ever wrestling. to like actually watch like a really good storyline of wrestling. Yeah, there's I, a really good video on YouTube, which is done by a screenwriter, I believe Max Landis, that guy, yeah. and it says it says why wrestling is awesome or something. And it's basically him talking about like a famous storyline of like one guy from his whole career and how it's like a story. And he follows the 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 wrestler Triple H and his whole story from like him beginning wow. as like an undercard wrestler to where he is now, which is like married to the guy who owns WWE. And it's like his storyline in story, but also out of life. And it's like the weird comparison. People don't understand how in depth like the stories are like, they're like, it's like a soap opera. Yeah, but with men doing backflips, that's what wrestling is. So the people who like things like um, what's that? What's the Days of Our Lives? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Like Days of Our Lives was like designed for like 
you know, stay-at-home mums kind of vibe. <laughs> That's what it was designed for. But people love that. I think that shit's awesome, by the way. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. I love Days of Our Lives. You know what I get really pumped about? <laughs> it's just, mate, like, I love shit like that where it's, you know... It's so bad, it's good. It's so... Oh, that shit's you know, so much. I love... Look, my favourite reality show, though, is um, Great British Bake Off. Oh, I love that show so much. I went through all the Great British somethings. Yes. My favorite one out of all of them is Great British uh, Pottery. That's yeah, they do pottery and another one is portrait art. Oh. Those two ones are awesome. They get like a famous person to sit down for the portrait one. And then they get like three to four people paint them in all these weird ways. And then the guy at the end goes, hmm, I like that one. And then that guy goes through. Oh my god! It's awesome. <laughs> and the pot- uh, pottery one is that they basically like make all these crazy shit, and they have to make a toilet in one of them, <laughs> and they get to make all these ones. And then there's this guy who's the host, and he loves him so much. He's so wholesome. He like cries a lot of the time when someone oh. makes an amazing like. Pot- he's like, that's just fucking wonderful. He starts crying, and it's like this is ridiculous. This is old guy like crying over a pot. And it's like, I love this show so much. So I, wholesome. It's so relaxing. It's so wholesome. Oh, it's so wholesome. <laughs> I got went through a wholesome competition phase of just I, watching I, them I th- all th- I on think YouTube. like I've just got a VPN recently and now I can watch all of them in other countries. It's so it's good. Just, oh. Great British Bake Off. I love that one meme with um, James Acaster. It says, I started cooking, thought it went well, had a mental break in, bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> I love James Acaster. He's great. Oh, I love those British shows. Um, I do love British shows. I you're making me like their talk shows thing. are infinitely better than both the America and Australia. Yes, and no one can compete because yes. they just have better comedic talent. Um, oh, they they do, and they I think they're just they're very aware of it. Mm. Um, it's funny that we you know, uh, think about like, you know, creating in australia versus creating i don't think australian we have the ability to create here oh no. i think we have a very limiting yeah um you know we we talk about both you know like you being is that something you want to do is move overseas eventually i don't know because i've had that thought of like oh i want to create something and then when i realized i was in australia i basically like half gave up of a lot of my projects yeah. stuff like that happens all the time like when i was really into um soccer football whatever yeah. you call it in their whatever respective countries i call it you know football <laughs> but then they go oh you play rugby and then just want to shoot them no <laughs> I, I so i play soccer and i was really into that but then i realized like the path of progression for an australian football yeah. player is so much harder than it yeah. is for someone in america or england and it basically makes you want to give up on a lot of things when you realize that like you're born into environment is so so hard to like execute on what you want to do so you know if someone offered me the ability to do something in la you know and it was like pretty confirmed i would i would do it because it would be worth it but it's not like i'm moving there because i prefer that country you know so that's why you get those weird ones where you get like you know the super famous actors and stuff who like yeah go to they move to la live there, get mad popular, and then come back to Australia because they actually just want to live in Australia. Because yeah. Australia's fucking sick to live in, right? Yeah. And you actually think about Australia, it's probably, it's it's amazing to live in. It's one of the best countries in the world, I would say, to live in. Yeah, 100%. In some regards, it's expensive. It's expensive. Right? But I mean, in comparison to like other countries in regards to like ability to creatively explore or like ease of travel, you know, for creative reasons, you'd rather be in Europe or 
or in um, America. Yeah. Like I think way. it's like it's interesting because I know the only other country in the world is probably like um, Canada. Mm. And that's another one because it's very similar in how we approach things. Mm. And it's a very, it's, I love Canada. It's very similar in vibe. So if, if I weren't living in Australia, I'd be living there because fuck anywhere else. Um, and I, I love the, you know, as a young kid, I wanted to move to the UK and work for the BBC and, you know, become, become a famous actor. Uh, and then that drive <laughs> died pretty much when I started working in TV. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't TV that did. I think it like for me, acting just kind of left me when I left school. It was not something I wanted to pursue, but it was definitely, I was more interested in tech and working behind in a creative fashion. But I think for me, if I were to move anywhere like with you, it would be doing voice acting for cartoons and stuff made elsewhere or for shows elsewhere because I would love to make something in Canada that's mm. made for the US because that's where most of their shows are made. Like, it's so funny that Canada is this little hub of creativity and LA. So it's it's mm. basically um, Vancouver and LA. That's it. Everywhere else kind of just happens. Yeah, you know? maybe New York. Yeah. And that's but, like about it. But I mean, like, even... New York's so, the more the commercial, yeah, like, vibing it, content. It's so interesting because when they shoot in New York or they have to shoot scenes in New York, it's always generally nighttime because of how busy it is. Mm. And um, and sometimes just green screen. And yeah. sometimes just entirely green screen because they can't afford to film in Times Square. Or, or nowadays they have, um, what do you call it, like the... The screens behind them. Oh, I know. LED, how cool is... And they have it all in like Unreal Engine-esque like yeah. digital worlds for like the stuff like The Mandalorian is the, the example. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's... That, sh- that tech's awesome, right? Yeah. And I've been fiddling with like the like Unreal Engine kind of tech and like how they support that. That stuff's like super interesting. Do you but think... it's like there's no market in Australia for that. Yeah. Like hardly any. There's like which no Which is a shame because I feel like we could make a bunch more shows more interesting oh, yeah. because of that. Australia has a lot of good stuff for like production but it's mostly stunt i believe yeah in australia and uh, like we're very a lot big of grips and that kind of stuff are australian so it's, it's interesting because i was chatting to someone about it this morning we don't have unions we got rid of unions we have some unions like mm. we have the me meea um but we don't really have uh many unions themselves i think it is the meea it's that one or it's meaa yeah what what do you say <laughs> i got to actually like, google this cuz i'm really concerned that i said that butcher right. it yeah. <laughs> i'm not butchering this um i i respect this i was right the first time no i was right the second time so it's the meaa m e a a so it stands for media entertainment and arts alliance oh i know <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i mean that 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 was created to protect a lot of like y- you know unions because back in the day everyone had unions so basically once your job was done you had to work a certain amount of hours and then that was clock off you were done for the day mm. nowadays because we don't have that you can basically make people work their asses off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and so in America, they have unions. And they, we come over there and we go, you know what? I'll help you run this cable. And they're like, no, no, that's my job. Um, mm. What's your job? And you go, oh, I'm just an actor. And they're like, okay, then you stay being an actor. Mm. Because unlike here where we're like, oh, yeah, I'll help you do this thing. And I'll help you set up. Jack of all trades. Yeah, you know? a master of none. Over there, they have to be like that because of the union protection thing. Because if you fuck something up, it's on them. Yeah. And it's on the union. So they've got to be very careful about that there. Whereas, you know, and that's 
as a creating, you know, you're talking about like licensing and shit when we were talking about music. Yeah. It's, there, there are so many complications to owning your own original content. Oh, it's ridiculous. And, you know, any idea that we write and then put on YouTube, YouTube owns, owns some of that. Like, probably to a fan degree. It's not owned entirely by the creator. What's my knowledge it is? Is it entirely by Yeah, the it's owned by the creator, but they have... um rules about what content can go on there yes. so um this this connects more to twitch but like youtube yeah, dude. but so the idea is that a lot of platforms online which they're all based in america which means they follow american laws kaboom <laughs> so you've got to follow american law instead of australian even if you're in australia and uploading into youtube because you're put, uploading it into an american yeah, yeah. space yeah um so a lot of those platforms have a thing called safe harbor in laws which means that they aren't first-hand or second-hand responsible for like oh. some of the content which goes on their platform. However, to be safe harbor, they have to show that they're trying to remove content which infringes on things or like in stuff in that regard. This is mostly content like copyright. So they don't really own the stuff on your platform. They probably have in their terms conditions relevant things about like what they own. So when you upload a picture to Facebook, they can use that for advertisement sake, oh. stuff like that. Um, I think... Like some of that stuff, not all of it. It's it's super complicated. This is why people don't read terms and conditions, but they probably yeah, don't. I know. I, yeah, right. <laughs> most average people just go. Yeah, they probably you know don't. What, skim like like um like when you sign up for Facebook, it's like we own your metadata. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah, and they that. own your pictures. You know, they own your pictures and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, it's super weird. Like um, it's like storing of your videos. Yeah, and that stuff and and things. In Basically, that regard. none of your information is private. Not really. No, like. It's like if someone wants your info, they probably can find it online. Yeah, it's if they really tried. And uh, and I will say this: it's so easy to find people's info online. You can find a lot of info on people online very easily. It's very quick. Google is powerful. <laughs> it is terrifyingly powerful. Oh yeah. And I think people don't realize how crazily powerful yeah. it is. They're doing a really interesting change, um, which I don't know how much people know about. You know when you're on Google and yeah. you have like your email drive. We're gonna date this by saying this though. Um, uh, oh yeah, I've dated every episode. Oh, you've dated yeah. every episode. <laughs> so it just so, so, so when it comes out, so, it's just gonna be like um, soon. Uh, from this point, they will be. You know how you get the 15 gigabytes free? Yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be like a cutoff, and the anything which you've got on like Google Docs or like certain yeah, things yeah. like that. There and Google Photos is the big one will be classified as part of that 15 gig now, not free. Uh, so a lot of people are going to go over the 15 gigabytes in one instant on like next year. And they're going to be like, what? And then they're going to have to pay for gigabytes or they're going to have to filter their like million, like hundreds of gigabytes of photos. My mom has got too many photos and I'm dreading that day because that's, she got a message saying like, you should, you have too many photos on your Google photos, right? Because when the thing is going to hit over. Yeah. It's going to be over 15 gigs of just photo. So it's like that plus your email plus yeah. your docs, you know? That's like totally. I've got a lot of like D&D things on there. So I filled up like 10 and that's not including my like anything else in there. So I think I'll be safe, but that's because I'm pretty clean with my <laughs> online presence on, on, on yeah. Google with like how much I'm storing. I think that's smart though, but I feel like... Yeah, it's because they're, they're giving away too much space. Yeah. It's so expensive. I mean, it's interesting though that you say that because you're not comparatively to other people, you're not don't have much of a social media presence. Oh no, no, you're completely like apart from Twitch. 
I, I, I have I have Twitch where even then I'm kind of more like a, I'll make a video of me online. Don't really use Facebook other than no. messaging. Instagram, I'll post some stuff every once in a while, but not much. Yeah, you're like not it's as... like a random picture or not. And then food mostly related. It's mostly food because I'm hungry boy. Uh, and I'm trying to think of anything else. I have a Pinterest. You do. And you have an art account on your Instagram as well. Yeah, so you have a food it. one and art. Yeah, but like even if like social media wise, like actually like usage, hardly any. Yeah. I, I hardly use phone too. Yeah. I'm so old man. I think that's I'm, I'm it's grandpa. interesting though because you know you talk about not taking that many photos. You're one of those people who's completely like the opposite of most people our age. I'm so weird. It's so good though. It, it's so weird. It's because because I feel like I just have such a perspective on it. Yeah. Because when my family we when we got our computer, we were like before then everyone had like computers and shit at school, and we were like that like middle class poor middle class family yeah. at the school. Um, at the public school and you would have like kids who were like super rich and they would be like oh so i got a new computer and it's like oh i don't have one i use the library that's what our family was like right yeah so when we finally got one we went super deep and ham on it and we learned heaps about it and that resulted in so much more education about like what you should be doing online and i just didn't get a phone till year 11 or 10 oh wow yeah okay. so i'm super i was super behind and once i got it i realized i don't bloody need this no, I don't need to message people random stuff for no reason. Yeah. Right? Which results in just like a lot of like only messaging people for relevant shit. I think that's fine. Uh, yeah, I know. Which is pretty good. But like at the same time, it's just kind of like, you know. I I was pretty much the same as well because I didn't get my... I didn't... Uh, like I was a bit of an interesting child because of um, medical reasons. But I remember I used to hate phones. I used to really dislike them because I... You know, they didn't last long with me. I ended up breaking up a few. Uh, I was a very angry kid, so I used to sn I used to have the old snap um, Nokia flip phones, ah. and I snapped one one day. You broke a Nokia. I did. I can't remember why. I think it was because a friend didn't turn up, and basically was so unreliable. So I just got mad at my phone. Poor phone. Poor phone. Um, but I mean, like, it's interesting that because I only really post photos that I've taken or things or art related. I never post anything about myself or my emotional. I can't understand or fathom. Why do people do that? I do. I think so. I think there is an element to it. I think some people find it a venting capacity. Oh yeah. But for me, it's just going, if you want to tell me that, talk to me. Like, I think it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's like I keep saying to people, come to me and we'll talk. Like, or if you have an issue or like, you know, but that's what friends are for. They're not to Facebook, you know, like you have job aspects or you have people looking at your profile who don't know you that well. I don't know how people do Twitter. No. I don't, I don't get Twitter. I, I use Twitter to read. I don't use it to I, post. I can't, I can't do it. I tried getting on that platform a long time ago. I can't do Trump it. Trump tweets. They're great. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. It's brutal. There's some relevant things on there. I just can't do it. Yeah. Like I have like a YouTube as well, but I don't post anything really on there. No. Like I feel like I, I feel like I've just got too high of a standards of the content or like things I want to post. And I don't view like, uh, oh, I'm feeling bad today on Facebook as like yeah. a relevant or a high quality post. <laughs> I want my shit to, when, when I post a thing and it says, this is marks, I want it to be good or at least something I'm moderately happy with. Right. Before it used to be, it must be amazing. And I'm trying to lower that standard and it's helping. 
you know, yeah. to posting things, you know, just getting stuff out there. I it, It's better than, uh, I do like though, I will say that the people who post puppy dog photos and stuff like that, you know, wholesome content I'm always down for. That, that's high quality. Yeah. <laughs> there is a puppy in it. Yeah. It's high quality. But um, I mean like. My brother and, and, and girlfriend, they have two dogs. Amazing photos. Super pumped for yeah. it. I love their photos. They just, they gave us a Christmas card and the Christmas card has like some dog photos on it it's fucking great so cute they get like profesh photos done because she's good at photography yeah it's it's so good i have a mad feed of just cute the baby photos as well now too like anyone else's baby no i get no get out of here get out of here but like a, a baby who's like in some way connected to me and the family hell yeah I feel like photos. I feel like if it was a close friend, the baby you would be able to. Oh hell yeah! Invested. If it's some, it's some. But not a random baby. Not a random baby feed. Like oh, fuck that shit. Like I don't know how people do like those groups where it's like, like baby photo groups or like yeah. mothers groups. Yeah. Like online, I don't know how my mom would do any of those. Like, how do people do that? Like, I think it, I think it's very like um you know it, it's very endearing, but also kind of just a little bit like dear God, what, dear are, you? God. what are you doing? Um. I, I think it's interesting though that we we mention like wholesome content and then like because like we we're both people who don't talk about our mental health mm. other than probably in a personal capacity. It's only personal for me. Yeah, and I think it's like it, it's interesting because we've chatted a, a fair bit about it. But I mean, the one thing that I notice about most people who write it on social media is like clearly they must not have many people or clearly they must there must be a disconnect well, of it's appeal for help essentially yeah. it's got to be it's got to be or, yeah. or, or or it's something it's a targeted appeal yeah. like it's an appeal to get a response from a certain group or you know yeah. whatever else it's like you might as well write the person's name at that point but yeah. you can understand why they wouldn't you know yeah and i mean like also you know the the, the one thing yeah, it's it's it, you don't write every like I've read statuses where you read people and you're like, mm, don't tag that person, don't say that, and don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if I have this is also the thing, if I have personal beef with someone, I and it's no not really that many other people's business, mm-hmm. it, unless it's indirectly affected other people, I really won't mention it. To, unless it's to friends who I know will care and listen. Because mm. it's a bit different to be like, you know, work sucks or whatever we want to whine about. Yeah. But when it comes to personal contention between, like, friends, it's like that whole thing of sort your shit out, then get, you know, it's like we, there's a, a what, what did we say a while back? We were like, don't bring sort of the group dynamic down. Like try and if it's an in it's a, in between you two fighting or whoever's fighting in the group, you two try and sort it, but don't bring it into the group. Like, yeah, it's like it's like it's like it's like if if is like a group vibe, you yeah. know, and it's going well. It's like, does it really need to be brought up now? Like, is it an, is this the moment to bring it up and affect like the the group dynamics? Yeah, it's like I don't know how to think about it, but it's like a personal issue becoming a group issue. It's like, yeah. just make it, just keep it personal un- unless it really needs to become group. I, I feel like some people really like having that group dynamic so they have mediators. 
And they're yeah. like, can I, you know, get you to have an... And it's like, no, no one's picking sides, guys. Yeah. Like, sort I don't, your I, shit I don't out. think it's exactly bad to, like, not have a group at some points in, like, a mediation or, like, a yeah. personal discussion. It's just, like, don't spring it on them while they're, like, oh, yeah. play board games, right? When I'm trying to play Suro, don't bring up fucking, you know, your your personal problems right now. It's, if you want the personal game. problems, it's a great game. Spaghetti uh, Dragons. <laughs> um, just, like, um, you know, it's, like, there, there's a time and place to everything. Yeah. It's, like, I'm totally down to help anyone out with, like, mental problems problems you know like you know who's a close friend yeah. but it's like there's a time and a place for when it's good to do yeah and like, i think i think it's very different um coming from you know us chatting about our own like personal issues with people and you know um it's it's very different when you do have that group dynamic and you just like mm. and you don't want you know just like you're all here to have fun the moment you walk out that door, it's, you know, by now. Like, mm. you, you can be whoever you want, but don't ruin the bubble that is nice and this social bubble. And I think that's very, like, that also is partly why, you know, I felt like 2020 has been a really good, interesting experience because it's really taken you to the value of 20, the previous years. And you can go, okay, well, who are the friends who are worth keeping and who are the friends who are worth going into the ether and disappearing yeah yeah um, like like you 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 realize like i, I kind of like you know like the marie condo like does yeah. this spark joy <laughs> i love that show by the way so much i've watched it like three times <laughs> oh good oh my god but like you think about things in that way like like that is how a lot of people think about things but yeah like yeah. that's just a good like i guess metaphor or way to think about things like as a question yeah it's like you think about that in relation to people it sounds like a little harsh but in some regard it's morally correct or it's like does this person like is they are they actually relevant or nice to me do they help me yeah or is it just one-sided right i remember it was uh high school yes after high school i deliberately did like a reset where i was like okay i'm gonna spend six months not messaging people yeah who messages me? Yeah, and I there was there were certain people who messaged me, and there were people who did not even try, right? And that was a great eye opener, right? That made me totally realize who was like actually like a friend versus who was like an acquaintance. Yeah, right, right. Totally changed my output on like certain people, making me realize like, oh, they're my friend, sick one. Oh, they're an acquaintance. They don't try. They only ask me if they need me for a very specific task, you know, that I'm good at. Right, so it's more like, be, yeah. So not like bye, but more just like we'll keep at this point. Yeah, I know. Right? Where I will no longer like to try too high heavily to get this contact going in the friendly manner. Yeah, you know, if it morphs into that, cool, but doesn't mean I have to like press it now. No, thinking it was a friendship. You know, it's like I got clarity. Yeah, like, things like that gave me clarity. So yeah, it's just like it's so odd, like this year i feel like a little bit the same thing where it, it, it showed me what i do a lot like my consistent habits and what i view as yeah necessary versus not necessary well i mean it's like um it was like the night when we went out to dinner with chris yeah and it was just like very chilled very much like we'll go and do these things but mm. we also there was no real like pressure to you know do anything in particular it was just everyone kind of like doing our separate things mm. but you know like versus where you do have those friends or like, yeah, I agree with the acquaintances where they kind of have these expectations of you. And it's just like, no, you know, a friend doesn't have any expectations. They are just there. Like mm. it's a weird kind of like, um, thing because yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I feel like this year I've become much closer to a lot, a lot of people. 
and um and also just kind of like know who i want to stay in contact with like mm-hmm. it's very much like you know a lot of people who like you know can go to go to the wayside <laughs> but it's just because because this year in particular has been so hard it's it, in a lot of people's mental capacities and everything it's very true because there's a lot of people who i thought i would have stayed very close with and haven't mm. so a lot of people now i have very small chats to versus like very big chats mm. so I feel like this year has simplified things to me. It's almost yeah. like it forced minimalism on like way too many people. And so many people were I just know. like, like, oh, I have to care. I have to like figure out what matters instead of just doing whatever the fuck I want because I can't. Like what actually matters, like what is super relevant, right? And I'm kind of like on that minimalist vibe. I enjoy that shit where you got to figure things out, like what actually matters. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't care about this. So let's throw it out. You know, yeah. oh, I care about good clothes, so I buy lots of good clothes. You, and that's yeah. a thing I'm willing to like spend money on and collect, but I'm not willing to spend money and collect like, I don't know, lots of other dumb knickknacks or like random random gamer swag, like little memorial merch things. I hate that shit. So I'm yeah. not gonna keep it. And I have a bunch of it and I'm like, why do I have this? People was like, Oh, you like games, let me get get you some merch. I'm like, I don't use this, so I threw no. some of it out. You know, yeah. it's like realizing what you actually need, but then like applying that to like more than just objects. Yeah. To like things in life. It's like, I need some capability to cook. I need that. Cooking yeah. is just, I need to be able to cook in some regard because that is a mad reset of like a day. Yeah. It's a calming act. And it's like, I need tea. Like I need, I need a good cup of tea when like You're I so come British. home from work. You're so British. I'm so British. No, my family's just white. <laughs> so my true. family's just white and mad ochre and from the farm they are yeah. english like technically for the earth chain uh, so yeah they're they're white and they're, they're, white, they're english um, i went to like a tea party with like my grandma and stuff a long time ago it was like a it was like a thing you know so wholesome. they're so they're so they're so english um but i mean like it, it, it's it's funny that you say that because i'm the same when i get home the first thing i do is put on the crown it's like <laughs> <laughs> so good calling me english i know puts I on the it. crown likes doctor who i know uh, excuse uh, me, me. <laughs> um but you know and then there's like you know like i think i think there's so many things that i do are very like i definitely this year there's a lot of knickknacks that i have and i'm like i want to get rid of like mm. it's it's not even funny anymore like i am starting to I guess less that shell, <laughs> but but most of the like the funny thing is I have a bunch of like Lego stuff and that was from a previous relationship that I collected mm. and I just don't know what to do with it because I don't play the game anymore and I'm just like well why don't I toss it but you know I know someone who is a Lego collector I'm like mm. well why don't I give him to them like I not- that is something my mom says she says like I I could throw this out but like I know that someone might like this so I'm gonna keep it and then. It results in like six boxes of shit, which can be thrown out. And my mentality is like, have I used it for two years? No, it goes in bin or I have someone immediately at this moment that I could probably hand it to. Yeah. If not, it go bin. I mean, like, um, I own a lot of books that I still haven't read yet. So that is my bookshelf over there. Yeah. Um, Books is something I would keep. I have too many. I have a lot of books and I love books, but it's just like, I don't always have the time to read. Mm. and it's annoying me but i do love that bookshelf because it has so many of my favorite books on it um especially because when i go traveling all the thing like most of my neil gaiman books are from traveling 
But I think it's very interesting because, yeah, like this year has made me go, I said to mum for the first time ever, hey, don't buy me any gifts. And she was like, but we have to get you something. And I was like, no, you don't. Don't yeah. get me anything. The, I, I've I've been saying that for so many years. That and, and birthdays. I'm just like, yeah. don't get me shit. Just, I don't care. I literally don't care. And it's it's age doesn't matter really. Like like once you hit like twenty four, like yeah. twenty five. So like w- next year I hit twenty five and I just don't care. Like I don't care till I hit like fifty or whatever. Like yeah. all the time in between, it's, it <laughs> basically is irrelevant, yeah. right? Like like what's the difference really between twenty four, twenty five, twenty six? There's no like major milestones which are actually relevant to like oh, you now can fly, you know? Like, there's nothing like that where it's like, like, you you level up and you can fly now. Like, there's no, it's it's like, basically, it's like arbitrary leveling up in like a video game where it's just like the levels get more, but so do all your enemies. So it's like, what's the point? Everyone just increases their level. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, I don't, yeah, I'm almost 30 now. I'm a year and three months away from being 30. And I'm like, ha. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Ha. Uh, but I mean, like, for me, I still look like I'm 22. Like, oh, you're lucky. I'm the opposite. People at work think I'm 33, and I'm no. When you wear your myself. glasses, you look older. Oh, it just, I, I look older when I have more facial hair. Yeah. More facial hair I have, the older I look. You true. That's it's basically true. yeah. Yeah. Just, just keep shaving. Look. Yeah, I know, but it's annoying. I know. It's so bad shaving. Oh, it's annoying. It's funny. I've not seen you without a beard for so long. Seriously? Yeah. It's usually just this. Just double. I try and keep it to this. I think the last time I saw you, you had uh, just a small beard. Which is like three days yeah. of not shaving. Yeah. I'm like a fucking, what, what do you, like a fucking werewolf just fucking grows hair. You do, you'll grow. fucking feety. I'm so annoying. I mean, it's better than most guys' beards though. Yeah, Let's but be it's honest. annoying. I know. It's I mean. not useful skill. <laughs> it's not a useful I don't skill. Think, I don't think guys just automatically go. You know what? I'm going to grow some beard. Boom. Yeah, exactly. That that that's like it's. Know. We complain about just shaving our face. You know, women have to shave their legs. Um, they don't have to. Can I just say that at this point? Women don't have to shave their legs. It's just societal standpoint that it was created. Well, it's just like you know social norms bullshit. Yeah, you know, know. it's just like. People think if you find normal. it comfy, do it. It's like guys don't take have, don't have to shave their face. You know, you can get a fucking beard. You look like Norse man. You know. Oh no, but I look like a pubes grow. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you don't. You know, that's a choice. Yeah, I know. You know it's it's same vibe. It's like, it's like the, you know like when you choice. feel like it looks shit, and you're just like, oh, yeah, oh okay. Guess I guess I won't grow one. Uh, yeah, well, like yeah, you can you can either choose to look shit or choose not. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Right, but like that that. Is it looking shit? Is is a personal thing? Yeah, right. It's hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, if you if you let someone else like infect that opinion, then that's, I that's think that's other, when that, that's a whole other task. It's yeah. it's a very dangerous world when yeah. you let and and interestingly, it wasn't even that long ago before. I think it's like um you know all the controversy when a, a Harry Styles wore a dress on social media from older people was like he can't wear a dress and everything, and then there was a lot of people just going. Why not? Yeah. I, I'm in the category of, I don't give a fuck. Exactly. I don't give a fuck. Does him wearing a dress mean that I have to wear a dress now? No. No. I think that's like, I can't comprehend the fact that there are like, you know, it, there are people out there, there are p- 
parents out there just going, my child can never look at this because the society is going like mayhem. And it's like, no, society is just, if you give a fuck, why are you giving a fuck? Just let but, your child be you. But Marty, change is bad. <laughs> Sorry. See, I brought it full circle. I'm too good at this. <laughs> Oh my god, you actually did. That was amazing. Yeah, I know, right? That was actually like a perfect <laughs> way. See, we, we, we entered the new world, yeah. right? And then chaos happened, and we arrived. <laughs> Can I just say? <laughs> I'm too good. D&D has broken me. I can't have a normal f- conversation without like doing I f- that. I can't that, do it. I, I'm just shattered now. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> um. Oh my god. I didn't even think about that. That was... Fuck, yep. okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that that's a perfect point for us to end the podcast on anyway. Yeah, I'm a I, genius. Like, I would is... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're an arsehole. <laughs> um, well, this is a, this has been the, the series final of the things we do. Oh, um, fuck, podcast. I was finale? Yeah, you're the finale. Ah, yeah, full circle. You did full <laughs> circle. Um, so thank you for chatting all things random and everything with me, Mark. Yeah, cool. It's been fun. Yeah, it's, it's been actually great. Been, it's been great, like, chatting D&D and shit. It's, yeah. Um, not just work. Yeah, it's been I'm, other things. I'm the most ocker one you've had on here, hands. Yeah, <laughs> easy, 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 bro, easy. Um, all right. Well, tune in uh, to next series whenever the fuck that comes out, and uh, I'll speak to you all soon. All right, bye, peeps. Bye.